What's the point? What is the point of your life? I know. Is there a point to your life? Or is it just kind of like you exist and, and get through each day hoping that someday something will be more and something will, will get better, but so far your days are just something to, to get through. Listen, there is something better and there is a better way. There's an actual real life that also gives life to others. I promise you, I'm not trying to sell you anything. It's something Jesus offers to everyone for free. So let's talk about it together. In this series, we've been looking at what it means to be a child of God. And we've seen that Jesus offers us a new identity of being a child of God. It's an identity that completely transforms who we are and how we see ourselves and how we see others. And this new identity is based on a new relationship with God, where we are no longer fearful slaves to the deity, but we are trusting children of our heavenly Father. But let's be honest. If there's an offer that's made to be a child of God, that means that some people accept it and some people don't. So this idea of, oh, God made us all in, in some way, so we're all children of God, false. It's not true. Jesus and the biblical writers make it very clear that some people are, right now, children of God, and some people aren't. And that brings attention, doesn't it? God loves everyone, but some aren't actually in the family of God. The exclusivity of Jesus' invitation creates a tension that can be difficult to resolve. And this exclusivity can cause a few reactions. You might be feeling them right now, right? There might be anger and rejection. Well, if you don't want me, I don't want you. This isn't fair. That's really this, a false premise, and please stick around if that's how you're feeling right now. Or maybe it's a feeling of apathy, like, who cares? I wasn't interested anyway. Or maybe it brings fear and anxiety, like, this is for those who maybe really care, right? Maybe maybe I'm not what I thought I was. I'm, I'm, I'm not a perfect Christian. Maybe I'm out. Or it brings pride, like, yep, some people are in, some people are out. I'm in. That's right. You are out, and that sucks for you. But the truth is, Jesus' invitation solves the tensions of our anger, apathy, fear, and pride. So how does being a child of God really change us? What's the difference between those who are children of God and those who are not yet children of God? And how do we know we are actually children of God or not? Well, Jesus' best friend, John, gave us an answer. After living with Jesus and, and watching his, his death and resurrection, he spent the rest of his life telling others who Jesus really was and about his invitation to be children of God. But after a while, as John was getting older, some spiritual people came into these communities that John was helping teach, and they started saying, you know, Jesus, he wasn't really God. You all, you're wrong. We're spiritual. I know what, what God really wants. And it's not this namby-pamby, greasy grace stuff. And so to counteract this, John writes a letter. We call it First John. It's more like a poetic sermon, really, than a letter. And he reminds them that he is an eyewitness of who Jesus was and what he did. And he tells these people to stay true to what they already know. And so as we go through this, I want you to see, if you're a Jesus follower, this is what you are. If you're not yet a Jesus follower, this is what you are invited to be. Check out 1 John chapter 5. 
Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. That's it. Like, that is the requirement to be a child of God. It's a designation given only to those who choose to believe and trust that Jesus really is the Christ, that Jesus really is the Messiah, that Jesus really is the chosen one, that Jesus really is God in a body who restores our relationship with God and therefore restores our true humanity. See, a child of God is not just someone who says they believe. Being a child of God is an active belief. Those who, with their lives and their actions, lean on and depend on Jesus. It is exclusive. Some are in and some are out. Some are children of God and some choose not to be. But this is the most inclusive, exclusive group ever there's ever been. See, everyone is invited to it, but you have to choose to accept it. It's like you cannot, I, I have this amazing steak, but you can't eat it unless you come to my restaurant. Well, that's not fair. Like I want some steak. Yeah, but the restaurant is next door and all the food is free. You just have to come in and you can eat as much as you want. That's the inclusive offer to the exclusive group of being a child of God. And so my question right off the bat is, have you made that choice? Have you accepted that inclusive, exclusive offer? If you have, John says you have become a child of God. It is a done deal. It is complete. You are this. This is your identity. But how can we be sure? Like, what's the proof that we're children of God? See, the choice to believe, the choice to trust, the choice to have faith transforms children of God from the inside out. And the proof is what comes out. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. I know what I just read can be confusing. It can be pretty circular if we don't really slow down and take a look at it. John's saying that the proof that we love God and are his children is what we do. It's if we love God's children. And the proof we love his children is if we love God. How? By obeying God's commands. I know, it's what, right? See, this is the doing part of belief. So as we get into this, first, I want you to know, obedience does not make someone a child of God. It is the result of already being one. Like, producing apples doesn't make a tree an apple tree. It produces apples because it is an apple tree. It's proof. Having apples on a tree is proof that is a healthy apple tree. It's what a real apple tree does. Just like a child of God loves God's children. It's what Jesus said in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will, this is proof, you will keep my commands. And I said obedience, didn't I? Ugh! Like obedience, not just obedience, but obedience to commandments. You're like, I knew it! Finally, John, you sprung your religion trap on me. No, listen. What is obedience? Obedience is not checking off a do and don't list. Blind rule following is not obedience. Obedience is not knowing a lot about God or the Bible or theology. Knowledge is not obedience. Obedience is not agreeing that Jesus was right or that living the Jesus way is best. Agreement is not obedience. And guess what? Obedience is not feeling really good when you sing worship songs. Feelings are not obedience. 
actually doing what Jesus says is obedience. It's a choice to submit to him because we trust him. Obedience is accepting to make Jesus's priorities your priorities because you love and trust him. And John is saying obedience is proof that someone is a child of God. If we love God, we obey God. And this obedience, it's not like this one-time thing where you say a prayer and now you've been obedient, right? It's a, it's a daily thing in the big and the small things of our life. This is a big deal. See, obeying God, being a child of God, it's not something we add to our life. And it's not like an aspect of our life that we, you know, I, I do this, this, and this, and I'm a child of God, and then I do this. It's not that. Being a child of God, listen, being a child of God means centering our lives on Jesus, his teachings, his life and death and resurrection. And I know that sounds heavy. You're like, so we have to become all religious and righteous and like Ned Flandersy, right? I agree. That idea, that sounds terrible. And I admit, many Christians make it seem that, like that's the way to be because that's at least how they say they live, right? And then they try to make others live that way, even with laws, and they make definitely make their kids try to live that way, at least in public. That's not actually the life of a child of God. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Or as Jesus put it, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Obedience is the privilege of a child of God. What? Like, okay, how is obeying the commandments of God a privilege and not burdensome? Well, what are they? What are the commandments of God? Well, it's really not a they so much as it's an it. See, there's really one commandment that encompasses everything else. This is Jesus talking. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. See, obeying Jesus' commandments and God's commandments isn't a burden in the sense of, ugh, Okay, I have to do this. See, it's not something we have to muster up and, and force. This love isn't, we don't force it. We allow him to love through us, to give us his love for others. And it's not a burden in the sense of like, this life is so depriving and, and it's so guilt producing or it's so boring. No, it's a command that actually makes life better. It makes life fuller. It, it makes life more exciting. See, it's, it's a commandment that where our daily life becomes an experience of God living and loving through you. You become a vessel or like this avatarish thing through which God loves those around you. Jesus's command to love is the simplest and most powerful command in the world. And yeah, at times it can be demanding. It, it is difficult. I mean, because it, it's your life of choosing to love others. But it's the least burdensome thing in the world, if you think about it, especially compared to like the alternative. So think about it. What is more burdensome? Choosing to love somebody like Jesus loves them or 
constantly fighting for yourself and your rights and your wants and having rivalries and feuds with like half the people you know, including your own family. What's more burdensome? Or what's more burdensome? Having a life devoted to sacrificial love or a life consumed by greed and selfishness and hate and anger and fear and resentment. See, obeying Jesus' command to love, it really is the best way to live. So, how do we actually love as Jesus loved? It's not just being nice and not yelling at people at work. It's asking in every situation, what does love look like? But the answer is not whatever we think love looks like. It's not even whatever anyone else thinks it looks like. We have Jesus's example to follow. He says, love as I have loved. How did he love? He gave up everything for the good of others, even those people who were against him. And he not only gives us his example, for those who choose to be a child of God, he gives his Holy Spirit to live in and to control and to empower us to love like him. Loving like Jesus is a conscious decision, a conscious decision to use our lives to love those he loves. It's consciously choosing and looking for the small and large ways to offer what Jesus offers. Encouragement, forgiveness, acceptance, especially to those who don't, be, who don't deserve it. It's a conscious choice to look at and plan how we can use our money, our time, our energy, our prayers, our actions for the good of others. It's letting the Holy Spirit love others through us. And I know that might still sound pretty heavy and maybe even religiously. But wait, it gets better. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That seems epic. Like Defeat the evil world. Sign me up for some of that, right? Now, when the biblical writers use the word world, like John did here, what they're talking about is the system of of thoughts and the system of life that does not acknowledge God as king. It's separated from God. It's the evil and the fear and the hatred and the selfishness that rules this world. You know it does. Look around you. And all of that results in death, physical death, emotional death, relational death. And the wording of victory there is that you have victory over this evil world. It's, it's not something that, that can happen if you try really hard or you're a really good Christian. No, it's something that has already happened. You have victory. Because of the choice to trust Jesus, children of God have defeated those powers through Jesus. The powers that once ruled children of God before they were children of God still rule everyone without Jesus. But now children of God overcome because they are united to Jesus who defeated all of those powers through his life and death and resurrection. And when you realize how much you are loved, and what this really looks like, it grounds your entire life and completely transforms how you see and how you treat others. Your life becomes a life of love, a life of peace, instead of a life of, of hate or fear or worry. It's a life, really, think about it. It's the life we all want. It's the life we are all looking for. And it comes from trusting in the crucified and risen Jesus. The invitation to become a child of God is an invitation to accept the life we are all looking for. So, how do we experience this life? 
First, we accept the invitation to be a child of God. Maybe you've been a Christian. You've called yourself a Christian for years. Or maybe you've just started checking this out. And maybe you've realized through this series or something else that you've never really thought about it this way. You've never heard it this way. Listen, you are invited, you are invited to join the most inclusive, exclusive family in the universe. You are invited to trust that Jesus is who he said he was, that he is the one who restores our relationship with God. So accept the invitation to be a child of God. Second, how do we experience it? We accept the invitation to live as a child of God. So what does that look like? How do we do that? Simple steps today. First, I want to encourage you to read 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. Read that. See what Peter says about all of this. And then pray this. Show me. Jesus, show me how to show your goodness today. And as with every family, it starts at home. And then it, it spreads out to the world, right? The, the values we teach our kids spreads up. It starts at home. So choose to love your sisters and your brothers in Jesus. Commit yourselves to each other. And if one party is like, I don't know if I really want to do that, go first. Somebody always has to take the first step and go first. So it starts at home. Love your brothers and sisters because children of God are different and others won't always understand it or get it. A child of God does not identify with that which others identify. They don't rely on that which others rely. They don't respond and react the way others do. They don't see the world as other people see the world. It is a difference. It's a difference that everyone is invited to live and everyone is invited to experience. It's different because it's better. And it changes each day from something we just try to survive to an adventure of endless opportunities to let God change the world through you. You are invited to be a child of God now and forever. The invitation is given. The choice to accept is yours. This is, I promise you, this is what you have been looking for. Being a child of God is being who we were always meant to be. so much for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We are a church that meets weekly in Salem on Sundays at 525 Idlewood Drive in South Salem. We meet at 430 in the afternoon on Sundays and the service usually goes about an hour followed by some snacks and time to hang out and mingle and meet people. So if you've been watching or listening online for a while and haven't checked us out in person, we invite you, we welcome you, and we promise it's a safe place to be. Uh, we also have weekly connect groups that meet in the homes and a youth connect for middle school and high schoolers. Thanks again for watching this content put up by Cross Creek Community Church. We have a welcome form online we'd love for you to fill out so you can say hello. Uh, but otherwise, we'll see you next week. Out of God, I'm not interested anyway. Shut up, airplane. Should I close it? Yeah. Or let it pass. Wait for the airplane. I mean, I don't think it's gonna have to over.